Hello, everyone, and welcome to To Have and To Roll, a Pathfinder actual play podcast running the Curse of the Crimson Throne adventure path. I am the Game Master, Rain Zero. You may know me from my appearances on the Shizno Red vs. Blue podcast or the Watch and Learn Culture podcast, but statistically, you probably don't. So hi! Perhaps you recognize me from my day job, in which case, behold! This is the hobby that I spend most of my money and free time on. Joining me is my beautiful wife, Daft Prodigy. You may know her from the Shizno as well, where she is the host, or from Beacon Broadcast, a Ruby show with a similar format. You may also recognize her voice as a lecturer at a prestigious university, in which case, keep quiet. We won't tell anyone you're not studying if you don't tell anyone she's not grading papers right now. For those of you who have never heard of Pathfinder, welcome. I've included a bit of an introduction to set the stage for what we're doing here. If you want to get right into the adventure, you can skip ahead to 4 minutes and 30 seconds, where we begin the character introduction. We are playing in Pathfinder 1st Edition, a tabletop fantasy game which had over 10 years of constant support from the lovely people at Paizo Publishing, as well as a deluge of cool content from third-party publishers and players. Which means there's basically a way to build any character you want. It is, however, a little crunchier in its numbers than some other tabletop role-playing games. But the good news is, only the Game Master needs to know all those rules. All the players need to do is describe what they want to do, and then the Game Master tells them how they can do it, as well as anything that might complicate what they want to do or make it easier. Once a course of action is set, the players roll dice to determine if they succeed or fail. Generally speaking, a 1 is bad and a 20 is good, and for anything in between, the Game Master determines success or failure by comparing the adjusted roll, the number on die plus any modifiers a creature has to increase or decrease their roll, to the difficulty class, or DC, of the action. In the case of murder puzzles where the solution is murder, the rolls target the armor class, or AC, of a creature. If they catch them off guard, they target the flat-footed AC, and if armor won't protect them, they target touch AC. Almost everything in the world has an AC, and if you can hit that AC and deal enough damage, you can kill it. But those things can also kill you. The world we find ourselves in is called Galarian, and it's where most of the Paizo adventure paths take place. Adventure paths are pre-written books that take a player on a journey from barely hitting rats at level 1 to shaping the course of history and one-shotting massive kaiju at level 17 or 19 or whatever. Lastly, the players. Generally, in a tabletop game, you gather a party of four or six of your friends and each of them makes a character that they control like an actor in having that character's role, voice, abilities, and using them as sort of an avatar to interact with the world. But Daft and I are hopelessly addicted to Pathfinder, and organizing a party can be complicated. So we thought, hey, we live together. What if we have a game that's just the two of us? Then we can play whenever we have two or three hours of free time together, and then I can edit it when I have a day off from work. And thus... To have and to roll begins. A single character would not survive the Curse of the Crimson Throne adventure path. There are horrors in store that could easily tear a person limb from limb, kill them, or mind control them forever with one bad roll. So Daft is piloting not one, not two, but four player characters. As you might expect, this changes the dynamic of the game a bit where usually a single player would inhabit the role of their character, controlling four 
means Daft is not really playing any one role the same way. In some cases, she will voice each character individually, but in others, she will speak out of character quite a lot, describing the party's plans and what they do in more vague terms to avoid talking to herself for three hours. If you're experienced with tabletop role-playing games, think of her as almost a second game master, controlling the party and their closest friends, the way that the primary game master controls the world. So now, without further ado, let us dive into the curse of the Crimson Throne. Hello, wife. Hello, husband. Oh. It's, it's Why do well, I have my headphones on? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I have mine on so that I can hear your voice inside you know, my ears. You're cute. Yeah, it's real nice. Mm. Um, so, we are going to be playing Curse of the Crimson Throne. I'm very excited about doing that. Yeah. Uh, now, you have your characters. I do. Well, let's go ahead and we'll have an introduction of them. We'll begin with... Unia. All right. A group... Adventurers, led by a Pathfinder, have ventured deep into a cave system looking for a lost treasure of a company that was said to have ventured down here, I think, hundreds of years ago. Is that correct? About a hundred years ago. About a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. A little over. They came in here seeking some sort of powerful magic creature. And as they go down into the cave, they find the body of a reptilian creature. Its flesh withered away, but the blood seeming to have clung to the stone around it. The skeletons and accoutrements of some three adventurers and a statue of a person. And what did this statue look like? They are holding up their holy symbol, but the surface of the statue is heavily eroded. It looks like there's been some water dripping from the cave ceiling down across the head and down the face for decades, maybe mm. even a century. And there's deep grooves eroded around the skull and face, and also on the arm and the holy symbol that this person is holding up. Mm. And um, they seem to be trying to say something, trying to chant something. It looks like they were in the middle of casting some sort of uh, divine spell. Yeah. Uh, they, there's a sword um, in their other hand. That sword has also been eroded by time and water in the cave. Uh, mm. And it's difficult to tell now what kind of sword it might have once been. Mm. So in the appraisal of all the items these, these adventurers sort of look over, they managed to identify that the creature here was a basilisk. The rogue among them tries to appraise and identify the statue and 
quickly comes to the conclusion that the statue is a person. They go to the city of Corvosa. After some time, you awaken in a bed. It's sort of a winter evening. You can feel uh, you can feel that there's uh, there's a fire warming your room, a double paned window with a stained glass of a key closed. You sort of come to consciousness to the sound of crackling wood. Do I recognize the iconography of the area around me? Sure, make a knowledge religion. Alrighty, I will do that. Ah, uh, ha. A seven for a total of 11. Wow. You barely know who Abadar is. <laughs> um, no, you would know about Abadar. He's, he's the god of he's the god of cities and trade. And that's essentially what you know. All right. All you right. Don't, you're, you're, you're sort of sketchy on like what exact areas he covers. You probably know like a common prayer said by Abadarans going about their daily business. But you're not completely sure about like... What an Abadaran priest would do, uh, how May their your services coin purse are. be full. Yeah, you would probably, you would probably, to get in a Abadaran's good graces, pay the money to do stuff. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what you got right now. All right, all right. Uh, and I have been rescued. What is my physical condition? There is a huge scar across your face. Mm, is it healed? It is. It's. It's not open. All right. But it's... Does it hurt? There, There is a dull ache to it. Mm. Yeah. Uh. You have scarring on your on your face mm-hmm. and along your arm. And... Heal check on myself? Yeah, you could do that. Hey, I got an 18. How am I doing? What happened to me? I was fighting a thing, and now I'm here. Other than the scars on your face and arm, you seem to be mostly fine. Strangely, it doesn't look like any weapon, and you don't recall being hit with anything that would do this. The shape of the scars seems to be uh, as if somebody had had slowly poured water through sand is probably your best guess. Mm. Okay. Uh, where's my stuff? There is a, a small dresser to the side. It's just a wo- just a simple wooden dresser. On top of it, there is a pack uh, hanging from it. Any equipment that you might have had available. Ah. There there are clothes folded and placed on top of the dresser. Can I see if I can find, like, my holy symbol and my armor and my sword and stuff like that? Yeah. The sword would be leaning against the side of the dresser. Okay. And your holy symbol would be placed uh, kind of on top of the folded clothing. Okay. I want to I wanna go for my holy symbol first. Uh, and just uh, check in with my god okay. and make sure uh, everything, you know, just see if I can uh, figure out what's going on. As you pick up your holy symbol, you would find beneath it a card. Oh. It seems to be waiting for you. Card. It is a card. It is ah. an owl with a needle and thread in its beak. At the center, a shield with a star. And it just says across the bottom, the owl. Hmm. The owl card. Is there anything else? Is there anything written on it? Any any clues as to where it may have come from? Uh, so 
Uh, you look at the card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just kind of turn it over in your hand. Mm-hmm. And um, written on the back of the card, there is uh, number one. There is a small drawing mm. of a child. Ah. And a message. Okay. Come to my house at Three Lancet Street. Oh. Others like you will be there. Three Lancet Street. All right. Your eye goes to your holy symbol again. Yeah. You see that it is weathered and worn. You would know this is barely passable as something that could reach your god. What do you say to call to him? Aradin, protector of humanity. Please give me guidance in this time of great confusion. Help me to spread your will and uplift my people. Holding the holy symbol, there is a chill that seems to emanate from it. You hear in your mind a familiar voice. My child, it has been so long since I heard your voice. A time of great darkness has befallen the world, and you will guide them out. As you hear that, you look up, and anybody who would be watching would see this shimmer go through your eyes as they adapt to the low light, and suddenly you are able to see into the shadows around you. Ooh! And you now have dark vision. Hey! Which I believe is what you get for your domain. Yes? Uh, no, I, it's a Dim Dweller uh, racial feature. A uh, Dim Dweller uh, racial feature. But fitting with the, the domain stuff. Oh, wait, you do actually get dark vision yeah, get as dark a domain vision. thing. As, yes. a, as a domain thing, yeah. yes. as a darkness domain thing, mm-hmm. yes. God, I would hope so, because that's what I had written. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that 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 happens. Oh no, I think actually you get blind fight as bonus. Fight. No, I think that's what it is. No, really? Yeah, because I have oh blind fight here God. as a do- as a domain uh, as a domain feat. Let me pull up the darkness domain. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first rule, rule check, of the, check game. of the game. Fuck, you get blind fight. Mm-hmm. You okay? So yeah, as as you hear this voice, you feel this preternatural awareness of the of your surroundings as if you can almost feel the clinging shadows around you ooh creepy love it all right all right let us move on to damien all right it has been a little bit of time it is now march hmm it is march 19th uh, well, if we want to be technical, it is Farast, uh the 19th. Yeah. Um, what is Damien doing on this fine March evening? Damien is in his dormitory studying the nerd. Mm, what is he studying? He is currently studying how features of the Harrow deck can be applied to arcane spellcasting. Okay. So as you, so you're shuffling through your cards after many an attempt to uh, imbue magic into them and, you know, sort of manipulate them as as weapons and as cards. And you notice something funny. You're, you're shuffling through, and, and you know your deck quite well. Mm-hmm. 
I have a great deal of familiarity what, with my own this, deck. What does this guy look like? Uh, flipping through his hero deck. So Damien is a um, a young adult tiefling. Uh, he has um, lavender skin and um, sort of dark magenta horns um, and black hair that's short and sort of cropped on the side so that his horns can stick out. He's wearing the student robes for Thumanexus College, uh, and his little hoofy feet are uh, not wearing any like sandals or anything right now. Okay. And his his tail is sort of thrashing about in, fr- in frustration. Okay. And as you're flipping through these cards, you some, something's not right, and you look through them again, and there's a card in here that's not yours. It is, you know the card well. It is the joke. A giant, perhaps an Etten, that has fallen to the ground and is laughing as a bard stands before it. Damien sort of looks at the stray card in his deck and goes, Excuse me? Um, with, like, pierced nipples. <laughs> um, okay, what are you doing in here? And this uh, is rude. There is a, there, you, you would note that it is the chaotic good card of books. Mm, the chaotic good card of books. Which, um, for description is, there is a shield in the top right hand corner. Uh, Dan makes an L with this thumb. Uh, <laughs> it is in the top right hand <laughs> corner of the, of the card with a book in the center. Um, and written across the bottom is the joke. And on the back of the card, I know what Gadrin has done to you. He has wronged me as well. I know where he dwells, yet cannot strike at him. Come to my house at 3 Lancet Street at sundown. Others like you will be there. Gadrin must face his fate, and justice must be done. Huh. Okay, so I need to keep a better eye on my things. And Thank also, you. your 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 joke card is also in here, because otherwise your deck would be useless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Damien sort of looks up at the sky that to know to know it in particular sort of just a, a point in the middle distance and goes thank you and uh writes down three lancet street so he doesn't forget it we move somewhere else in the city what would lenore be doing right now mm. uh on a nice day in march or mm-hmm. in the evening um, I would it would probably be like mid afternoon. Lenore is probably trying and failing to go to sleep. Oh no, <laughs> that, that, that mid afternoon nap. Yeah. Um, she is thrown off by still by how empty her bed is. Oh, the bed's just a bit too big for her. Yeah, and there is sort of a depression in the uh, other side. She sort of has one hand reaching over, laying in the empty spot, imagining that there's somebody else there. What would you, what memory would you be kept awake by in this time? You know, it's, it's probably not a specific memory. It's one of those like sort of general memories that is built up by a lot of experiences over time, just of, of, uh, her husband being there playing with his beard, hmm. you know, laughing about laughing. something that they've been talking about. Leaning in and kissing you on the forehead. Yeah. Snuggling. 
the fire crackling in the corner, you know. Oh. As you're doing that, you feel something beneath the sheet. Just like where your hand naturally rests. Hmm. Where once it might have rested on your husband's chest. Instead, there is this empty space in the bed and you, your hand alights on something beneath the sheets. What's this? New. How do you get at it? Uh, I'm going to lift up the sheet, uh, mm -hmm. sort of where it's been tucked in at the corner. What you find there is a card. <sighs> a man with broken shackles, raising his hands in prayer toward the sky. An, a woman next to him, still chained, looking at him, amused. In the top right corner, a shield with a hammer emblazoned on it. Mm. And written across the bottom, the big sky. The big sky. There are mountains in the distance. Rays of light emanating from a sun at the top of the card. I'm Verizian. Do I recognize this? Um, give me a knowledge local. Um... I would say it's it's not quite a gimme. I do not currently have any ranks in knowledge local. You can still try. Yeah, it's it's an int check. Um, All right. With that in mind. Fairly easy because you're Verisian. This is a pretty common cultural thing in Verisia. Oh, I rolled a four for a total of three. You know, you know it's something related to divination. Mm. Um, you're not really familiar. You've seen like people use these before. Um, you don't know what the exact nature of their use is, but you you know of it. I check around. Uh, are there other signs that somebody has been in my house? Actually, give me a perception. Alrighty. Maybe I can roll higher than a ten. Nope. A yeah. three for a total of six. You don't you don't see anything. All right. <laughs> and written on the back of the card, I know what Gadrin has done to you. He has wronged me as well. I know where he dwells, yet cannot strike at him. Come to my home at 3 Lancet Street at sunset. Others, like you, will be there. All right. Gadrin must face his fate, and justice must be done. Uh, Lenore will sigh heavily, roll back out of bed. Tuck the card in her pocket and begin making the long, slow series of preparations that are required for her to get out of the house these days. Mm. Do you care to share? Um, you know, she hasn't bathed in a few days. Mm. Um, she hasn't really eaten much today. Uh, she's pretty thirsty, but was mostly just sort of lying in bed to hope that she would fall asleep and not have to think about the fact that she needed to eat and drink and things like that. Mm. You know, your your standard uh, depression nap situation. Um, you know, it, it takes a little while to uh, to get ready to go back out after you've been after you've been home for a few days and uh, just laying in bed and not doing anything mm -hmm. um, and feeling very sad. Dealing with depression. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Mm. We now move. What would Ophelia Seren be doing right now? Ophelia 
has probably made her way back to wherever she's been staying from some sort of lunchtime noble peacocking contest. Um, very tired. Um, kicks off her fancy shoes and sits down probably in a room in the inn. Mm. Um, she doesn't have a whole lot of other possessions besides this pair of fancy, this set of fancy clothes she has. It's a green dress, a nice green hat. Her hair is coiffed in curls. Uh, she has um, put some makeup on her dark skin, but she's exhausted uh, <laughs> yeah. in the way that only um, spending a bunch of time pretending to be someone you're not in front of a bunch of nobles can be tiring. Uh, and she probably just flops down on the bed mm. at the end, uh, belatedly remembers to take off her hat before it crumples. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite succeed at not having it crumple as she lays yeah. on it. <laughs> falls, falls, it, it like crinkles a little bit. Yeah, she starts smoothing it out. Uh, and as you're doing that, tucked in the side where one might put a feather when they're feeling fancy. You find a card. On it, a cricket, cricket dressed in a fine suit with a white top hat and a white jacket and a purple kerchief around his neck and purple pants. At his slumped against the side of some enormous watermelon. <laughs> shuffling a deck of cards a few of them flying off at odd angles with stars and planets and moons on them. And next to him, a piece of this watermelon melting into the ground. Oh. Seeds scattered about him as if he was coming off of some watermelon-based bender. (laughs) A, A tiny rapier, what might be a toothpick rapier, is jammed into a fruit to the side of him. (laughs) And at the top, in the center, there is a shield with the symbol of a key. And at the bottom, it says, The Cricket. Turning the card over, you see the following message. I know what Gadrin has done to you. He has wronged me as well. I know where he dwells, yet cannot strike at him. Come to my home. At 3 Lancet Street, at sundown. Others, like you, will be there. Gadrin must face his fate. And justice must be done. Is there anything on the card? Hmm? Any, uh, besides the, um, the writing, any, uh, residue, like dirt, or, um, I don't know, greasy fingerprints? No, it's actually quite pristine. Mm. It's, It's very clean. The ink seems to be completely unmarred. Mm-hmm. You would say that if you had a deck of these cards, it'd probably be worth a good amount of money. Hmm. All right. Ophelia will sit back up, sort of fix up her hair a little bit, uh, and start the process of uh, foot massage that one must do in order to put the heels back on mm. <laughs> for uh, something else. And then she sort of looks over at the closet and seems to consider something before going back to massaging her sore feet. Mm. And so now 
we see almost in alignment the faces of these people looking at their cards. Imagine, if you will, a screen divided into four parts <laughs> vertically. You, we see the face of these people looking at their cards. We see the reverse of each of their cards. And we see each of them turning them around to see the writing on the back. And the camera pushes in. Three, Lancet Street. And through the letters, we begin to see a location. Ah! Like, like, um, like Stranger Things. <laughs> like Stranger Things. The, uh, the, um, words become, uh, a mask through which the, uh, um, the next scene is displayed yes. as the transition goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we see on the street, Lancet Street, is a small home. It seems uh, we, we push in to this humble home. This is a single cozy chamber filled with a fragrant haze of flowers and strong spice. The aroma comes from several sticks of incense smoldering in wall-mounted burners that look like butterfly-winged elves. Mm. The smoke gives the room a dreamy feeling. The walls are draped with brocaded tapestries. One showing a black-skulled beast uh, juggling human hearts, and another showing a pair of angels dancing atop a snow-blasted mountain. A third tapestry on the wall depicts a tall, hooded figure shrouded in mist, holding a flaming sword in a skeletal hand. Ooh. Several brightly colored rugs cover the floor, but the room's only furnishings are a wooden table covered by a bright red throw cloth and several elegant tall-backed chairs. A basket covered in blue cloth sits under the table. Mm. The door opens. And I imagine Unia is the first one. Yeah, they've been... Uh... Every time you've come here before, this place has been empty. Ah. Um, I imagine... As if it hasn't been lived in for weeks. I imagine Unia has been coming here every day or every couple of days whenever they can make it. And upon coming in to find this place um, inhabited, uh, looks a bit thrown off. Mm -hmm. uh, they've, you know, they've, they've sort of been coming here... Uh, and, you know, after a couple of months, their attitude has gone from one of um, expectation to one of quiet reflection. And then, you know, sort of uh, the boredom of an obligation that one feels one must fulfill as often as one can. Mm. Uh, and so upon coming in here and seeing it lit and incensed and... Um, Bedecked with tapestries. Um, Actually, on the days when the door was locked, would you have tried to come in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would they you have broken in? No. Okay. Okay. No. Um, uh, yeah. The just, door. The door has been locked until today. Yeah. Um, Unia probably would have uh, brought a pillow um, for sitting on outside the door, uh, and probably would be dressed a little bit heavier for the weather. Um, 
you know, as befits sitting outside for an hour or so every yes. day. Um, and, mm. uh, so upon testing the door, uh, almost falls into the room <laughs> as it, <laughs> as it suddenly opens beneath their hand. Um, uh, so they, they stumble in a little bit, uh, and then look around, uh, and, um, you find, uh, on the table, a simple note weighed down by a stone paperweight. Uh, I'll just give you a little screenshot here. Mm, a screenshot. Because I got a little handout. And I'll read it for the record as well. Oh, I didn't show you the other cards. Oops. I'll show them to you in a bit. That's okay. I painted a picture with my words. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I had to step out for a bit, but shall return shortly. Please have a seat while you wait. The basket under the table contains bread and drink for you. Um, Unia will spend a little bit of time reading the note. Uh, they will look underneath the table uh, to see the basket. Yes, covered there in is a basket. Uh, and they will sit and wait um, without taking any of the bread or drink. Okay. Uh, mm. The door eventually opens. Uh, who would be the next? Um, Probably Ophelia. Okay. Come in. So Ophelia comes in and sees this scarred person uh oh uh hi hi there um uh i'm i'm ophelia Saran. uh it's nice to meet you uh i'm guessing you're the one who wrote the note unia unia looks at her goes no i am here for the same reason you are presumably i also received a note to meet here oh oh uh, my mistake i'm so sorry it's it's so wonderful to meet you what's your name I am Unia. Oh, Unia, that's that's nice. Um, what's your last name? I do not have a last name. Oh, that's okay. Um, I'm just. Uh, do you mind if I sit next to you? I feel kind of awkward sitting all alone on the other end of the table. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Oh, and so they sit next to each other. Mm-hmm. No, that's cute. Um. Oh. Um. Is there is there food? Is there something to eat? Uh, I'm so hungry. And, I've um, been traveling all day. Uh. I mean, you, you would you would also note the uh, basket. Ophelia then notices there's a note and uh, reads the note. <laughs> uh, oh, and oh. there is a basket covered by a blue cloth under oh, the table. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, did you want anything? Like, I can I can get you. Some. I'm fine, thank you. Oh, okay. Um, so Uni is just sort of sitting there, um, not not being super responsive or super reactive. Ophelia is sort of flitting around. Um, seeing uh, if they need anything. Uh, Ophelia is going to go underneath the table and get um, and try to find this bread and drink. Uh, I'm not sure if the, is the, the the bread's in the basket, presumably, but is the drink also in the basket? Yeah, it's sort of like a jug of wine uh, ah. and a and like a loaf of bread. OK. Um, OK. Uh, Ophelia will bring it out and she'll sort of set it on the table um, and maybe uh, tear off a piece of bread um, before realizing that maybe she shouldn't have just ripped off a hunk like that and uh, sort of just sets it down gingerly in front of her. Uh, Unia does not appear to have noticed. Or if they noticed, they did not care. <laughs> uh, the door opens again. Uh, and I, so I suppose Damien would be Yeah, nice. Damien, Damien will come in. Uh, hello. Oh! Ophelia, you're here. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Damien. How are you? 
uh, you know, I'm I'm fine. Uh, I got kind of a weird note. Do you do you know if anybody's been to my dorm room recently? Uh, besides, you know, just coming to hang out. Like, you don't have cards on you or anything, do you? Are you like playing a prank on me or something? N no, no, I think I I got a card too. Um, I was maybe you can tell me what it means. And uh, Ophelia will show Damien the cricket card. Does Damien know what the cricket card happens oh, to yeah. symbolize? Um, oh, yeah. You would be very familiar with the cricket card. Um, the cricket is the neutral good card of the dexterity suit, which is uh, notably the suit of keys. Traditionally, in a spread, it, 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 uh, it means uh, speed and quick passage. And misaligned, it means that, the, that a journey will go poorly. Oh, um, that's, that's flattering, I guess. Um, okay. <laughs> Which one did you get, Damien? Now I kind of don't want to tell you. No, 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 tell me, tell me. No, I feel like you're gonna laugh at me. Why would I do that? Come on, tell me. Tell me what it is. I got the joke. You got the joke? Oh my gosh. I told you, you would laugh at me. Oh no, it's okay. And it told you to come here too? Y yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, there's food here if you want to sit down. Um, you can sit down next to me. Yeah. Oh, this is Unia. Uh, Unia <laughs> looks rather startled to have been included in the conversation. Again, just mumbles a hello there. And uh, goes back to uh, sort of looking around and expectantly awaiting whoever summoned them here. And Damien goes and sits down next to Ophelia and they start making uh, small talk while they have uh, some bread. And uh, Damien pours them both a little bit of wine. Um, and Ophelia gives it a little sniff uh, to make sure that it's okay before she drinks it. And um, yeah, as this is going on, um, the door would open once more and Lenore comes in uh, her hair is wet like she recently washed it um, she smells a bit like soap uh, uh, her clothes are a little bit shabby but it looks like she's uh, tried to find some that are at least freshly washed to put on they seem like they were probably freshly washed up probably like four or five days ago yeah and yeah not particularly well stored yeah yeah they've sort of maybe they've been like sitting at the foot of the bed or something mm -hmm. um but she's she's done her best to sort of smooth them out uh before putting them on she comes in and sees that there are three people already here and goes uh uh hello uh sorry do do i have the right place i was told to come to Three Lancet Street. And I imagine it, it, in, it sort of in unison. Uh, everyone goes, yes, three Lancet yeah, Street. Yeah, three Lancet Street. Everybody nods. Um, they show their cards. Yeah, yeah. Ophelia and Damien sort of excitedly hold up their cards. Um, and Unia sort of gestures at the card that's sitting on the table in front of them. Uh, and uh, um, Lenore, uh, sort of still standing in the doorway kind of awkwardly, goes... Oh, so you all also got cards. Uh, yeah, um, I got one with a cricket on it, and Damien got one with a laughing person on it, and uh, Unia got, what is that? Uh, that's, oh, it's got an owl on it. Um, what does yours have on it? Um, it's, I, I don't know, it's got some 
people. I these are divination cards, right? Um, I I don't I've seen them used, but I don't remember what for. It's, I someone got into my house. Whoever invited us here got into my house. Oh, who's talking right now? Um, this is this is Lenore. Whoever put this in my house for me put it in my bed and I want to have a talk with them. Are they here yet? And almost on cue, the door opens once more and a middle-aged woman pokes her head in and smiles. Uh, uh, she has, ah. she has like a bandana sort of tied around her head and her hair pulled back. Um, sort of a long face, uh, with a, uh, with a nose that is like nicely rounded, but also has some edges to it. Um, and she has sort of dark brown eyes. Uh, and as, as she actually comes in the door, she smiles at you. Ophelia, um, stands up. Uh, Damien sort of looks at Ophelia standing up and awkwardly stands up himself. <laughs> Unia continues sitting at the table. And um, is this door the same one that Lenore came through? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the front door. Yeah, of the yeah. and Lenore still stand, standing in the doorway kind of takes a step back and goes, so it's you then. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming, my friends, and for putting up with my unconventional method of contacting you. Uh, she sort of holds out a hand to take back your card. Um, um, Lenore sort of holds her card to herself and says, how did you get in my house? Um, we'll discuss that in good Why time. Why did you put this in my bed? If I may, I have reason to remain hidden, you see. Uh, a vicious man uh, would see great harm done to me if he knew I was reaching out for help. This man has done something terrible to each of you as well. I speak, of course, of Gadrin Lamb, a man whose cruelty and capacity to destroy the lives of those he touches are matched only by his gift for avoiding reprisal. You see, a year ago, his thieves stole this from me. And she holds up a box and pulls forth a set of cards. My Harrow deck. It is important to me, an heirloom passed down through a, through a dozen generations, and also my sole means of support. When Lamb's pickpocket stole it, my son Aaron tracked them down and returned my deck to me. But Gadrin had him followed. And soon after he left my home, Gadrin's thugs murdered him. I sought help from the Corvosan guard, but they turned me away. And so I asked around. I paid bribes. I consulted my deck for advice. And recently, I was rewarded. I found out where Gadrin dwells. He can be found in an old fishery north of here, at West Pier 17, where his trains abducted children to be pickpockets, and where he counts his stolen treasures. This is why I've contacted you. While my method is unorthodox, I 
needed something that would get your attention and no one else's. And now, I need your help. I cannot face this man on my own, and the guard moves so slowly that if they were willing to help, Gadrin would certainly know of their coming well in advance. And even if they arrested him, what guarantee would we have that he would be punished? The criminal has evaded the law for decades, but you know of these frustrations as well. For word on the street has it that Gadrin has wronged each of you too. So there we are. As she's been talking, Lenore's face has gone from one of anger to one of genuine interest, although a bit guarded and a bit suspicious. Uh, Damien and Ophelia also look uh, similarly interested, but, you know, a little a little guarded. Um, Ophelia looks a bit more excited than perhaps she should. Uh, <laughs> How about Unia? Unia is still sitting there looking at their card. And they look up at Zalara. They haven't touched the bread or the wine that has been placed in front of them. I have been coming here for months. I received this note upon awaking in unusual circumstances. I have been waiting for answers for some time now. I did not come here to be your hired muscle. That's understandable. You are a person out of time. It seems that the ritual, similarly, had a difficult finding the right time to reach you. The ritual? What manner of ritual are you using? Well, let me show you, if I may. Have you ever been the subject of a harrowing before? No. I suppose I shall deign to humor the uncivilized castes of Arisia for now. And uh, upon saying that, everyone at the table and also um, Lenore, give Unia a look. Like... Damien starts to speak up like, hey, hey, what? What are you just? And Ophelia sort of sets a hand on his arm and says, and, and she says, look, I don't know where you think you are, but you're in Verizia right now. And Verizians have been taking care of you the whole time you've been here. I know it's probably been a long time for you, but show a little respect. <laughs> Yunia looks a little cowed and says my apologies it has been a while since the empire of Cheliax touched these lands proceed with your harrowing you know there's like a little bit of a flinch when you talk about the empire of Cheliax uh, from Zalara. She gestures to take back the cards that she has given you. Yunia will hand theirs over. Mm. Um, and um, Damien... it into the deck. And Damien and, um, and Ophelia will as well. Lenore's going to come over and sit down at the table. And um, she's going to 
hold on to the card a little bit and just sort of look at it and look at the man and the woman together on the card and sigh a bit and hand it over. Okay. If you will direct your attention to the map. Oh, the map. She shuffles the cards rather extravagantly. You might suppose that there is a degree of magic in the shuffling itself. Mm. And at points, the cards are moving so fast that you can barely tell where where one ends and the next begins. Uh, many, many card tricks of like, like splaying them out between between her hands and there are points where you can almost see an array of 54 cards just just held between her fingers Ah. and then put back together that's cool in in like a single motion back into a single deck uh she of course does the flick them into the air and catch them nice um a gesture that you usually see going the opposite way with the cards falling into the other hand but she sort of launches them up. Oh, that's so cool. And catches them in the other. Damien looks legitimately impressed. And then she draws and places nine cards face down. She looks at the group, mostly focusing on Unia. For your past, first, the crows. You have had loved ones taken from you. Yes. A world lost you turns over the next one in the column. The cyclone. A tumultuous past. You have been thrown. Almost as if you've been transported to another world in this cyclone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Get on with it. And additionally in your past, the winged serpent. A card of wisdom. You are one who seeks to wait, to know when to strike. I think you have found your moment. Let us infer what decisions lie before you now. The sickness. (laughs) Misaligned, even. Mm, This this is, is a good omen for you. In this time, a sickness is spreading. But you are safe for now. You find yourself subject of a cruel joke that fate has played upon you. You will either be made mockery of or you will have the last laugh. We shall see. The mountain man. Chaotic neutral. Of shields. The mountain man symbolizes physical prowess and fortitude. You have endured much, and yet you remain. But what of your future? The teamster holds your first secret. The teamster represents powerful external forces that will guide you and push you. They will demand much of you, and how you respond will shape the fate of this city. When called on to act, your actions will have extreme weight. The Tangled Briar. Ancient forces stir 
their triumph almost at hand. For good or ill, it is hard to say. But perhaps you will play a role in how their powers play out. And of course, finally, the hidden truth. There is a secret here beyond what is clear to others. Perhaps with your wisdom, you might see through it. You might see the truth that lies behind an artifice that will fall over all of us. Secrets that will cloud the very nature of our reality. You must look beyond. And she returns the cards to her hands. It is through similar divinations that I sought you. Each of you. And the cards went to who they were destined to go to. I am less their guide than their vessel. Lenore pipes up again. This is all very interesting, but how did this get in my house? It was supposed to be there. That doesn't make any sense. But that is the truth. How did it get there? I can't tell you that any more than you can. The cards were destined for you, and so they came to you. Next time you do something like this, could you just ask them to be a little bit less invady, personal, spacey? I could try, but as I've said, I do not control them. I did not know any of you. The cards found you. So, what do you say? Will you accept their task? Damien speaks up first, uh, a glint of interest in his eyes. Um, they seem to be glowing slightly pink in the uh, um, the sort of dim uh, torchlight or candlelight around the table. He goes, or he he sort of he looks up at um, Zilara from the spread that she's placed on the table and and uh, smiles a little bit and says, "That was amazing." Thank you. What what can we do to help you? What I want from you is to make Gadrin Lamb pay for everything he has done. Oh, uh, wait, um, uh. To avenge the death of my son. mm, And to see Gadrin Lamb, you may choose for this payment to be delivered however you wish. Turn him into the local authorities with enough evidence to put him away forever. Kill him. But he has made people suffer, and justice must be done. Unia looks up again and um, sort of gestures at the deck where their uh, owl card was shuffled back in. uh, And says, "The, the drawing of the child on my card. That was your son. No. I've 
I'll be honest, I've never seen this child before. This was the child that the cards needed rescuing. And this man has been capturing children. Yes. They work for him. Would you prefer to see him dead or imprisoned? I will leave the manner of the justice to you. I do not wish to influence your decisions. Fate has deigned that you will come together, and so you shall be the ones who choose his fate. I am merely a harrower. Ophelia looks around the table and sees everyone sort of looking up at Zalara. Um, some a little bit more suspicious, some a little bit more excited, but everyone interested and engaged and says, well, it seems like he's a pretty awful guy. And like, uh, and all of us seem to be tied to him in some way in that he's hurt us or people we're supposed to be protecting. Yeah. She sort of waits for acknowledgement from everyone. Everyone sort of slowly nods or makes a noise of assent. Um, and uh, so she looks up at Zalara and says, um, we're going to do whatever we can to help. We're going to find this guy and we're going to make sure he pays for what he's done. I, I feel pretty comfortable in speaking for everybody on that point. Yeah. And again, everybody sort of nods. Uh, Lenore doesn't look too happy about it, but also nods. Um, it seems like maybe she's unhappy about something that's related to this rather than the actual uh, proceedings themselves. Lenore sighs heavily and sort of slaps her hands onto the table, seeming to summon up some energy to uh, engage with the new thing and goes, where is he? And what do you want us to do to him? Is it West Pier 17, at least for now? If you act quickly, you will find him there. So what do, you, what do y'all got? What can you do? <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious. I came in here with a, a big old uh, weapon of some sort that I need to check my character sheet for. Uh, <laughs> came in here with a big old faux shard. You know, sitting over there. Obviously, I didn't bring it to the table because I'm not an animal. I can just go scare this guy unless you all want to come and help me. Damien goes, uh, uh, well, uh, I uh, I can do some magic. I've been working on infusing it into these cards. That's that. Uh, <laughs> Lenore sort of interrupts. That's that's great, sweetheart. Um, shouldn't you be in bed by now? <laughs> uh, and Damien gets a little. Uh, flushes a little bit, turns a little bit uh, pinker uh, and stands up in his student robes. Excuse you, I am an adult. Finally. (laughs) I can do what I want. Amazing. And what I want to do is make sure a bad person sees justice, okay? (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) It seems that you all are in agreement then. I suggest you make haste. As Lamb is an elusive man, 
He smokes cigars all the time. While standing in front of a sun. No. Uh, no. He is he is an elusive man. <laughs> Little Mass Effect humor for you. <laughs> Love you. Humor. Really? <laughs> That's what we call it these days. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, so. I recommend that you find him quickly. Unia. As, oh. as. There is a good chance that he might relocate not found quickly. Unia is uh, scrawling notes um, on a sheet of paper with a stub of charcoal. West Pier 17. And then looks around at everyone else. I've only been here for about a month. I would like to help. But I don't know where this is. Uh, Ophelia sets a hand on Unia's shoulder uh, as they stand up and, uh, you know, uh, leans in a little bit and just uh, sort of whispers with some excitement in her voice, don't worry, we'll lead you there. Um, Well, actually, um, you all go, um, um, I'm actually not uh, feeling too well right now. Um, I, I I would really love to help. I have... I have a friend, though. She's a lot better at fighting than I am. And Damien pipes up. Oh, yeah, your friend. Yeah, yeah, I know her. She's great. She's good at fighting things. Uh, <laughs> and Ophelia goes, yes, yes. Um, And I, you know, I just, I don't quite have the constitution for uh, seeing blood and things like that. And also these heels are not very good to fight. And I'm just going to, I'm going to go get her. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you so much, Zalar, for, for telling me. And I promise that I'll keep uh, kind of quiet what your whole deal is. Um, uh, she doesn't she doesn't care too much about what the um, the details of the job are, but she's always willing to uh, to help out and make sure that uh, the people who are supposed to get got get got. Uh, OK, bye bye. Uh, and Ophelia uh, rather gracelessly hurries out of the building. And Unia and Lenore, neither of whom have a particularly good sense motive. Uh, although uh, I will have Unia try to make an opposed sense motive check to Ophelia's bluff check. Uh, I believe I get a bonus. I can always take 10. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to have Ophelia roll, and I think it's a minimum of 13 on the bluff. Uh, and Unia will roll an opposed sense motive to see if if they are suspicious at all of the situation. Uh, okay. Um, so Ophelia rolled a 15 on bluff and Unia rolled a 13 on sense motive. Oh boy. Uh, so Unia and Lenore both sort of look to Damien and Damien goes, uh, yeah, she's like that sometimes. She's just, you know, she's kind of flaky. Uh, not not so great with the commitment thing. <laughs> and uh, Lenore goes, mood. And Unia rolls their eyes. Uh, okay. And so with that, I assume that you guys set out? Yes, we set out. So uh, the direction that you find yourself going is 
uh, quite simple. You are in uh, you are in the West Dock District, and uh, based on uh, Madame Zalara's uh, descriptions, it would seem that the place you are going is to the north, along the waterfront, uh, um, along the shores of the Jagari River. And so you'd be able to sort of be like following sort of a main street between West Dock and Midland if you wanted to get there quite quickly. Okay. Um, as you all step out, there is a brief moment where all of you have enough uh, space in the street that you can all stand shoulder to shoulder and walk. And as you're doing that, <laughs> the, the text comes up above you. Curse of the Crimson Throne. And so it's the three the three of them walking, Unia, Damien, and Lenore. And as they walk, a shadow begins following them on the rooftops, mm. also visible in the opening card. And I was I was also there. <laughs> uh, so the title comes up above you. Curse of the Crimson Throne. Chapter one. Edge of Anarchy. Edge of Anarchy. Yes. Who boy. Um mm. and as 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 we sort of like wipe, there is a nice intro cinematic of a needle and thread <laughs> pressing into red velvet. This would probably the camera would probably push through the text of Crimson Throne. Ah. And as, as it would do that, like you would you would get up really close up to this red text and see that it's got sort of this plush velvet. It's like a Netflix series intro. Yeah, like a Netflix series intro. But you see this this th this needle and thread pushing through as buttons sort of pop, 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 pop down this chair. And you see wrought iron growing, pushing out from the edges like tree branches Ooh. and then f cascading down around it red curtains until it forms a beautiful chair the iron throne <laughs> not quite <laughs> the crimson throne even um clearly we now need to have an iron dragon come and burn down the throne and after this is played we we pan back down a bunch of ships are sort of slapping against docks here along the quite foul-smelling portion of the Jagari River, polluted by all manner of wastewater coming in from the city. Unia um, wrinkles their nose rather fastidiously. The party now begins to make their way toward the old fishery at West Pier 17. Mm. in the West Dock area of Midland. Midland is sort of the more cosmopolitan and friendly part of Corvosa. And as you're walking down the street, you would see a lot of uh, vendors uh, sort of closing down shop for the night. Uh, there's a few, like, eateries that are still open that have, like, little tables set up outside with um, nice, fragrant Parisian cuisine mm -hmm. uh, being cooked. Uh, there's also a few places that feature uh, more refined, air, heavy, heavy air quotes on the refined, <laughs> chelish cuisine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As if chelish cuisine is sort of, okay, well, the, the Parisian uh, places, most of them, you know, they're, they're the food that's there for, hey, I need to eat 
and I can't cook for some reason. Uh, it's, it's it's street food. Yeah, it's street. It's, well, it's not it's not quite street food. It's like, I mean, it's probably the best equivalent I can give you. It's like going to Chipotle. Oh, okay. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like, casual casual dining. Casual dining. Yeah. Whereas, like. Even the most lowly of chelish locations would be like going to the Olive Garden. <laughs> if that puts it into the appropriate context for you. Um. There's also there's also some like bookstores and and um, a few a few like. Uh, here, here along one of the main streets, there would be some like little uh, grocers who might still have their doors uh, open. Uh, most people are closed by now, but you know a few people stay open to uh, gather in. Um, but there are sort of uh, there are still a lot of people going about their business. Uh, it's a very busy city, uh, even mm. when night falls. The sheer number of people that live here, and some of them, some of them nocturnal, even. Mm. Uh, there is still quite a bit of business going around, and as you're sort of going through the area, you would pick up a few rumors just from whisperings among the crowds. Mm. As you're sort of pushing through the throngs of people that that clog the streets uh, here in Midland, you do hear a few people who are looking at them. You could probably guess that they're trying to speak in hushed tones, but they're very... They're very exuberant about what they're saying. <laughs> and so it's it's becoming less of a hushed tone and more of a fervent babbling. Yeah, most most of the visiting ambassadors in Kavosa have fled the city, and those who are staying behind are doing so because of personal issues at home. I've heard that Ambassador Ampre from Chelyax is one of the latter. There's something he's hiding that's keeping him from returning to Chelyax. Ugh, hogwash! He's, he wants to stay in town for his business affairs. You know that the Chelish ambassador would love to swoop in and take back whatever he can as soon as the old bastard croaks. <laughs> and Unia gives them a side eye as they walk past. Um, and it's at, at some point you're you're stuck behind a horse cart uh, oh, that you can't no. that you can't quite get past, and like you you, you shuffle toward the side, and there's Damien a fence begins, there. Damien begins frantically casting prestidigitation. You, you you go you go to the left to go past them there, and another another um, a column of knights just comes by. Hello there, citizen. What way you're walking? Yeah, I just want to get out from behind the horse. And you you find yourself pushed against this fence, and there's people like leaning on the fence, sort of chewing on tobacco and. Spitting it out to the side. Damien is now standing next to some very tough-looking individuals chewing tobacco. Yeah, and they—they they don't seem to be paying you guys any mind. These are like some fairly uh, big uh, fellows. Um, Damien is just going to gesture at the horse cart that they've been—that everyone has been trying to pass—and just yeah. goes, uh, "Horses, am I right?" I heard that he's still out there. <laughs> you think that the same guy's been going door to door, killing people since? 4697? There's no way. No, no, no. They never caught him. The Keylock killer, killer just vanished after killing nine people in their locked homes. They say that seven of the nine had ties to the nobles who opposed the Arbiters. And the Keylock Killer was, the, was on the Arbiters' payroll. I think the Keylock Killer was one of the Arbiters themselves. And I think he's still alive, serving as a judge to this day. It's all a conspiracy, man. 
Yeah, conspiracies, am I right? Also, who, who are you? Yeah, uh, uh, sorry, I just. Hey, friend, I, this is an AB conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing right out of here. Bye. Yep, see your way out of here. Yep, bye. <laughs> Damien uh, makes his way back to the group, but uh, as he's sort of backing up, uh, something catches his eye out of, you know, just the corner, and he looks into an alleyway for a second, sort of shakes his head and keeps walking. Hmm? Uh, Sorry, as, as a shadow oh, yes. passes across the rooftops, yeah. and, and um, yeah, you you guys you guys are sort of making your way through these crowds. Um, there's there's obviously there's a few uh, bright window displays of um, fine fashions and magical curiosities, things from the far off regions of the inner sea. Mm-hmm. Like what? Oh, like, um, let's, let's see. One of them seems to be an authentic, uh, Thuvian goods dealer, uh, for all of the, uh, for all of your authentic Thuvian needs. <laughs> Is there any authentic Thuvian, um, uh... Eternal life potion. There's a a tag in the window that says that this is where it would go if they had it. (laughs) Currently out of stock. Currently out of stock, yes. Here are several diluted products that do similar things. There's a boarded up shop that says that they're selling Numerian curiosities. Aw, rip. (laughs) It looks like they've been out of business for a while. Uh, Unia is taking all of this in uh, with... An air of practice the, disgust. The Numerian one has like a dead uh, neon sign <laughs> hanging off the outside of it. Um, yeah, everyone else seems relatively familiar with the area um, and isn't like it's sort of just, you know, uh, looking around as usual, making sure that, you know, the regular uh, cut purses and stuff aren't sneaking up to steal anything. Actually, give me a perception check. Uh, everybody? Uh, whoever you wish. All right, Unia, who is probably the most uh, guarded right now. Uh, seven. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of bustle on the street. It's hard to tell. Uh, Lamplighters are coming around, make sure that all the lamps are lit. Mm. There, you see a few kids uh, playing uh, <laughs> playing uh, some sort of game in the streets. Uh, mm, quaint. You would you would note that um. Actually, you would note nothing. You got a seven. <laughs> <laughs> that Unia, Unia is a little overwhelmed by all the hustle and bustle, um, particularly um, because they're still not quite used to this whole night vision thing that's happening, um, or yeah. like the the extra awareness they have around them. Um, yeah, uh, it's weird. Like you have this almost sixth sense for like where people are around you. Yeah, they fi- they're finding it a little disorienting. Um, but eventually you would slip into sort of a less trodden area along the docks to, um, some, you're sort of going through the docks and you can see West Pier, West Pier, uh, 13, 15, and then you get to a sign that says West Pier 17. And this building looks like it's not particularly used. (laughs) Um, it is a creaking, decrepit building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like the years have not been kind to it. The roof is crumbling away. 
there there's sort of a pier along the along the uh, east side of the building that wraps around toward the back. Um, it it looks real bad. <laughs> uh, everybody is looking at it with some interest. Uh, even Yunya, who is still trying to pretend to be disgusted. <laughs> All right. And on that note, the camera will push up over the rooftops. We soon lose our heroes amidst the shuffling crowds of Midland until even the docks are but faint silhouettes against the newly lighted street. The setting sun draws the long shadow of a dramatically crenellated castle sitting atop a tall black pyramid over the city. And that is where we will leave off for the week. Thank you for listening to this little character introduction session. We will begin the adventure in earnest next week with the old fishery. In the meantime, I will be posting character sheets on our Tumblr in case you are curious about what stats the characters are rocking. Uh, you can find that over on to have and to roll.tumblr.com, uh, link in the show description. You can follow us on Twitter for updates at to have and to roll. That's T-O have and T-O roll. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. I can't stress enough how important this is. We are just getting started here, and the more feedback we can get, the better we can reach people. So again, please rate and review the show on iTunes. We would happily take five stars if you think we deserve it. And lastly, if you have any questions about the characters, the setting, or the show, feel free to message us on Twitter uh, at to have and to roll or Tumblr to have and to roll dot Tumblr dot com or even email if you can believe that uh, to have and to roll at gmail.com. Thank you. Until next time. Have a wonderful week. <laughs> time to search for an obscure source book. Do, 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 do. What do you mean you didn't find the cricket? <gasps> it's a card that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, this is just, this is not actually information about the hero. This is, this is, these are class archetypes based on the different suits of the hero. Oh. Oh, I do believe I have something in the back, though. There's, you know, the joke bard class. There's the big sky uh, skiing class and uh, the cricket wireless class. Actually, no, it is Oath Day. Oh, fuck. That's Wednesday? No, Thursday. Thursday is Oath Day. I don't know how I got that mixed up. Uh... <laughs> I thought Wednesday was Oath Day too. Yeah, me too. Uh, maybe. <laughs> no, Thursday's Oath Day apparently. Every day is Oath Day when you're in Abadar. Uh, Mike, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> you're beautiful. You're beautiful.